This is The First Time, Chirp Radio's live storytelling and music series. Every show, we invite a group of storytellers to talk about different firsts and pick a song to go with it. This show's theme was First Break, recorded at Martyrs in Chicago's North Center with music by The First Time 3. Here's your host, Jen Sedini. So there's three pillars of my post-pandemic life. Mental health therapy, inclusive CrossFit, and my dog, Alvin. So how does this relate to our next guest? Great question. I was walking down Damon Avenue, and someone comes up to me, and they're like, I'm sorry, this is awkward, but... And I was like, oh, maybe they like recognize me from like Chirp or The Moth. They're like, does your dog play with a dog named Tater Tot? <laughs> really? It's cool. I've only been doing this for 10 years. Of course, my dog. So my dog uh, went to Winnemac Park and is in love with a little dog named Tater Tot. They're both under 12 pounds. They're both very intense male dogs who fight like gladiators, but like may you find a love in your life as pure and intense as Alvin and Tater Tot. They'd run to each other across a field. They'd wait for each other. They'd cry when the other left. So beautiful. Anyway, I was like, hmm, that's weird. So I call, I texted Tater Tot's mom, Kayla, and was like, why did someone just recognize my dog on the street? Anyway, turned out that um, between Kayla and her wife, Parker Malloy, they had about, you know, uh, six figures of Twitter followers between the two of them. So my dog had his own uh, little sub following on the internet, unbeknownst to me completely. Which brings me to Parker Malloy, known first to me as uh, a dog mom, and second as a amazing writer, journalist, uh, person fighting every day with a gajillion Twitter followers with bigots constantly. She has an amazing, truly amazing uh, newsletter called The Present Age. You can find it at readtpa.com. And I mean, this is really top level journalism. You should really be following Parker on Twitter. Give it up for Parker Malloy. All right, so the year is 2013. I am working a mind-numbing job at a certain Chicago-based media agency and trying somewhat desperately to get my foot in the door as a journalist in my spare time. Uh, and by that, I mean I wasn't doing my work at my day job and was, was secretly writing blog posts. Uh, for weeks, I'd been pitching a story about efforts to block a law that California had just passed that would extend LGBTQ non-discrimination protections for trans kids, basically, in California. And so for weeks, I hadn't been getting any response. And I'd never been paid for anything I'd ever written before. <sighs> So all I really had was a small blog of my own. And so on August 22nd, Chelsea Manning, who had just been sentenced to prison for her role in leaking government documents to WikiLeaks, which is apparently a no-no, <laughs> uh, came out as transgender. And that afternoon, I got an email back from an editor at Salon.com asking if I'd be interested in writing something for them. Oh. Do you want me to write something about Manning coming out as trans and what that will mean for her? I can reach out to some experts and get back to you ASAP. No, 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 no. They were not interested in that. 
oh, okay. Are you interested in the story that I pitched weeks ago? No. They're like, you're trans. And I go, yes. They go, would you like to write about yourself? Well, <laughs> I said, okay, what do you want me to write about? And they said, just write about coming out as trans and how it made your life so much better. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't know if my life is so much better. Uh, it, it, it was just kind of going on. It was, it was moving from point A to point B, uh, from birth to death, you know? And <laughs> so I was like, okay, it was a difficult task. My life wasn't exactly better per se, so much as it was just extraordinarily complicated. But I really wanted some bylines. So I said, sure. And, uh, yeah, so I rush off to write this piece. It's basically just like, look, I came out as trans, and I'm not in prison like Chelsea Manning, so <laughs> <laughs> life's, life's okay. And um, so, so I rushed, rushed to write off this piece. They said they needed it that day because you got to have timely things. Send it off. They say, great. I think all settled, and then they write back with some notes. I would like to read you some of the notes. <laughs> and I think it's important for you to know that every single one of these notes was written in all caps. <laughs> so, for instance, I wrote, at that age though, so little was actually in my control. Also, I was a very shitty writer 10 years ago. And I'm, I'm still kind of a shitty writer, but that's beside the point. So I go, at that age, so little was actually in my control. Parents make most of the big decisions. And fear of abandonment or being locked out kept me from letting them in on my secret. And so here's the note. Again, all caps. What was your relationship with your parents like? Sounds like they were strict, and maybe you feared them. <laughs> Good to be a bit more direct. Just give us a sense of your background. I was a shy kid with strict parents who went to church each Sunday, and I didn't want to end up locked in the closet for my sins. And then in parentheses, for example, obviously I just made that up. <laughs> it was like... It's like, this is news to me. <laughs> and yeah, there were other things where I, I talked about trying to fit in and trying to not be trans and all of that stuff. Would be nice if you could provide us with a few examples here of things you did to try to fit in. Okay, fair. Can you say anything more about this? Maybe tell a story of one time when you felt particularly split apart by your inside-slash-outside conundrum. I was like, okay. And, I, and then, uh, let's see. So I, I, I was writing. I was like, okay. So we get to a point where I'm talking about coming out to my parents. And I go, I hadn't really felt alive, but I, 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 was, I was thriving for the first time, and I felt that my parents w understood me, even if they didn't necessarily accept me yet. All caps. Would be great to hear specifics here. The first time you wore a dress? The swish of the hem against your legs? Or the first time you saw a reflection of yourself? 
in the mirror and you thought, that is what you should look like. And I mean, I dress like this all the time. <laughs> Swish of a hem. It's like, it's like I didn't even fucking, <laughs> I've worn a dress like three times in my life. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, let's go. And uh, so then I was like, okay, in early March, I was going to work and blah, 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 blah. You know, and my coworkers, to my relief and delight, my co most of my coworkers have been great about this, reaffirming my identity. The note in caps. Can you tell us a bit more about the clothes? <laughs> I'm like, why the fuck do you care so much about clothes? And, and then, uh, yeah, so, you know, th those were the kind of notes that I got. And I kind of fought back. I was like, this isn't really me. This is kind of like what you picture a story about a trans person being like if you had never met one. And so I, so I write the piece. And I was like, it's not me. I'm not really happy about it. I'm not going to write anything about swish of a hem or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and they were like, okay, so here's the thing. We can either spike it or we can run it as is. And you get, you get $150 in a byline. And I was like, oh, $150, wow. I could use that. <laughs> and so I go, okay, sure. And here is the, the headline that they ran with it. The happy story of my transgender coming out. And then the subhead. Like Chelsea Manning, I transitioned being a woman. I feared judgment, but I found acceptance and joy instead. <laughs> and it's like, so much of this is just, you know, it was really the, this editor kind of writing a piece. And then we're like, hey, T-slur. Put your name on it. <laughs> and, you know, and there was a big goofy photo of me smiling, pulled from my Instagram with filter upon filter upon filter covering myself. So I was like, all right. And I eventually got someone else to let me write the this, this story. Rolling Stone ended up publishing the California story later that year. But so why am I here? Why am I talking about this? Is, is this my big break getting into writing and getting paid for it? I mean, it was the first place that ever paid me. Not exactly. <laughs> so I get this email after that piece goes up from someone who was in Seattle, someone whose spouse had just come out as trans and saw this story about someone who was in a very similar situation as them, and things were working out so great in their life, and uh, they were like, I want that. How do, how do I get that? Show me your secret, and really my secret was that an editor wrote all the shit that was good <laughs> and covered up all the crap that was bad. And so anyway, I, re I write back, and I'm basically like, hey, uh, sorry, that story's mostly bullshit. Uh, but I can help as much as I can, and we could talk. And so anyway, the article was not great. I urge people to never look it up. <laughs> However, it put me in touch with that person, and so we wrote back and forth. We kept staying in touch, and the relationship that I was in at the time kind of fizzled out. And the relationship that she was in at the time also fizzled out around the same time. And so in 
April of the following year, uh, she was like, hey, what if I come out to Chicago and visit? You know, we both are kind of in this weird place. Let's just do that. And I'm like, sure. This will either be okay or end up with both of our deaths. We'll see. <laughs> and so uh, her name is Kayla, and she's, she's sitting right over there. And so, yeah, so that's my, my, my big, you know, my first break there has nothing to do with, with getting paid, but it's me writing the world's worst article that had been edited to be something that I'm not, which, to be fair, was kind of my life story by that point, being something I'm not. Uh, but in the end, it put me in touch with, with the woman that I ended up marrying. And we've been together ever since. We got married in 2017. And now we have a dog named Tater Top. <laughs> as well as a dog named Casserole. And uh, life's pretty okay. But, but don't look up that salon.com piece. side 
The First Time is hosted by Jen Sedini, with production by Bobby Evers, Andy Vasoyan, and Executive Director Julie Miller. The podcast is edited by Andy Vasoyan, with songs performed by The First Time 3. You can find this and other Chirp podcasts and interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.